Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford and he is Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, shortly after we turn off the cameras here recording this show, we are headed to the airport to catch that flight to Kansas City. The Packers preseason finale Thursday night from Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs. A lot of stuff kind of going on heading into this one. Where do you want to start? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is going to be some of these guys who are going to potentially have a chance to play in this game. Uh, when you look at Trevor Davis, uh, certainly a guy that I think you his resume as a special teamer speaks for itself. Yeah, I think that has sort of been one of the underlying sort of things that's been talked about this week. Yes, he's missed most of, if not all, of training camp here with this hamstring injury, but he's put on two years of film now at this point. He was third in the NFL in punt return average. So, you know, you and I, we both, neither of us know how this whole thing's going to shake out on Saturday afternoon. But I just think when you look at Davis in particular, we'll, we'll see how much he does. You know, it sounded like the emphasis for him might be special teams over offense yeah. coming back from the hamstring. But uh, you know what he offers uh, as a returner, as a gunner, uh, and the different things he can do with his speed. And then also, uh, you know, a guy like Devontae Mays, too, who was on the active roster last season, but, you know, he, he had a couple fumble issues there. Comes back this year, it looked like, with how this training camp was going to work out, was in line to get a lot of opportunities. He ends up injuring his hamstring in the first week of camp, and then he ends up spending the next three and a half, you know, injured. So I think you look at those two young guys, you know, potentially being able to get some work in this game could be really big for them as they make that final roster push. Yeah, you never know, as you said, how it's going to shake out when it comes to the final roster decisions on Saturday. But boy, anytime you're a young player and you only get one preseason game because of injury or whatever other circumstance to make that impression before those decisions are made, that, that's a tough spot to be in. It is. It's a tough spot for both Davis and for Mays. I'll say this about Davis. We were reminded this week, um, by the coaching staff. Don't forget that Trevor Davis was also a pretty darn good gunner. I know a lot of attention went to Jeff Janis as far as that role of gunner on the punt coverage team, but uh, Trevor Davis had four tackles uh, as, a, as a coverage man at gunner, so that's another element of special teams that comes into play. And then, you know, let's be honest, Wes, throughout the preseason, there have been ball security issues on returns for the Packers, both punts and kickoffs. We've seen the ball on the ground here and there. Nobody has stepped up to, you know, really give the coaches any reason to to not give Trevor Davis this opportunity to say, okay, this job is still yours, so let's go out in Kansas City and earn it. And then when it comes to Devontae Mays, you said it the opportunity that was missed for him in this training camp. When you look at the injury to Aaron Jones that kept him out for a while, Jamal Williams has had, you know, some nicks and bruises here and there. Other guys being brought in somewhat at the last minute uh, in training camp to play the running back position. This would have been a huge opportunity to Devo for Devontae Mays to really put that uh, um, that rookie season behind him. He had those couple of fumbles when he first got his opportunity. We know about all of that. So, but that really is what he has to do now. He has to put it behind him. Whatever chance he gets in Kansas City, he's got to maximize on Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And you touched on this early in camp, too, uh, before he had the hamstring injury. The intriguing thing about him is he does bring something else to the party, as our colleague Larry McCarron likes to say, yeah. that the other running backs don't. And it's not to say they can't be power running backs, but not everybody's built like Mays at you know, five, a little over 5'10", 230 pounds. He's a he's a bull uh, when he gets going. I think he that was his nickname in high school, by the way. Exactly, was right. bull. Yeah, and he showed that at Utah State. Yeah, and the short time he had there when he wasn't injured, I think really showed uh, what he could potentially do as a downhole runner. 
again, he's coming off that hamstring. You and I both know the most difficult injuries, in my estimation, other than just a pain threshold to come back from, are soft muscle injuries, particularly with the lower body, because it's not like a broken bone. You can't just say, okay, it's going to heal in six weeks and it's healed. Everything's different with those things. None, none of those injuries are the same. You don't know what the tweak was like, uh, what, what the tear was like. So it's all about feel and being on a timetable. So that's the one in particular. I don't know how much we're going to see him against Kansas City. Right. But if Devontae Mays does suit up and he does get some reps in that game, really important to show what he can do because we do know that Aaron Jones is going to miss those first two games. And also you had you know the, the other two running backs there in, in Montgomery and Williams. But you really like to have that number three guy available. So could Devontae Mays solidify himself as that? We'll see what happens. Yeah, we've got a lot more to talk about with this preseason finale, but I need to take care of some sponsor business because uh, I neglected to do so in our last show. (laughs) But here we go. Enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16th. By completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility, go to Packers.com slash best seats, cousin subs, we believe in better. Okay, we know there are a lot of roster spots here at stake in this final game, Wes, but the other thing I'm looking at too is it's a combination of roster spot but also depth chart position when you're looking at where this roster, where the depth chart is going to be heading into week one against the Bears. A couple of positions jump out to me. One is wide receiver. Obviously, Trevor Davis is in that mix. But you look at wide receiver, you have Adams and Cobb and Allison. We know that's the first three. But who's number four for the game against the Bears? Jake Kumarow's had a heck of a camp, but he's injured right now. We don't know necessarily the severity of that, how long he's going to be out. Jamon Moore had a nice game against the Raiders. Does he step up and do it again, as we've talked about throughout the preseason? Maybe he seizes that spot as the number four guy. Valdez Scantling, EQ St. Brown, those guys obviously have had their moments along the way as well. What do you think right now? Any, I don't want to say prediction, but any thoughts on just uh, where things stand at receiver? Well, it's intriguing to me, Mike, because of how this shapes up. Uh, Last week, we know that Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb didn't play. So it ended up being a lot of what you and I talked about going into that game. With Kumaro also being injured, Trevor Davis not suiting up, that meant a lot of those rookie receivers. And I thought Jamon Moore was a young man who really took advantage of that. And and I was talking to him about that this week and after the game as well. And and Larry McCarron even mentioned it when we did our Three Things video uh, after the final practice on Monday just looks like a different guy and it's amazing because it's only five or six days and I think with training camp and the preseason people tend to get so high and low on guys and nothing is absolute you and I have covered this league long enough to know that nothing is absolute in terms of young football players they're going to have their good days they're going to have their bad days I'm sure Jamon Moore doesn't want to go into an NFL training camp as a rookie and have what happened happen to him in the first two or three weeks. But if you're a coach, if you're a scout, I want to see what's happened with him. I want to see this trajectory. I want to see this progression because he's a guy that I think over the last week and a half, you've seen him get better. He didn't just have those four catches for 61 yards or whatever it was against the Raiders. He came back and I felt had a pretty darn good practice on Monday. Had a very solid practice. It's so much about stacking success. And he mentioned it too. I mean, he needs to get to a point where he can get the coaches and quarterbacks to trust him. And, and for whatever he did against the Raiders, and he was happy with it for the most part, he knows he has to go and duplicate that again yeah. against Kansas City in his bid to make the roster. Well, we heard from 
Aaron Rodgers last week talking about a guy like Jamon Moore that sometimes all it takes for a young receiver yeah. is to make that one big play. That play he made down the sideline in the fourth quarter where he took a pretty big wallop. Yeah. A hit that was penalized, questionable call, that's a discussion for another day. But he took a pretty big hit, and he hung on to that he ball. Did. Maybe that's the play. Maybe that's when you talk about him looking like a different guy. The deep ball he caught in Monday's practice inside the Don Hudson Center from Deshaun Kaiser. Throw was, throw was on target. Coverage wasn't bad. He, he stuck his arms out there right in stride. He brought it in. Everything looked smooth. Nothing, nothing like a bobble or like, oh, that he was nervous about it or anything. Maybe the play down the sideline in Oakland was the one. Do you, as a child, did you ever play that game with your dad or maybe a friend on the playground where it's like one is the quarterback, one's the receiver, and he goes out for maybe five yards. You complete it, then you go out for 10 yards. Yeah. In 20, you keep doing it, you keep going back. Jamon Moore's game kind of reminded me of that against <laughs> Oakland, where he had two pretty simple crossers across the middle. Yeah, thought, short stuff. I yeah. thought that was a key building block. Then he had that one play. I, I don't know if it was kind of a post route. I'm trying to remember exactly off the top of my head, but it was a, it was second and 15, and it was for 16 yards. You remember that? He came across the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have the threat of the safety over the top of him, but it was a bang-bang play that he needs to catch and run to make it happen. He accomplished that. Then he finished it off with that really solid catch along the sidelines took a step on every play, and you could see that confidence build. He said he just needed to get his mojo back. So yeah. I think going into this game, he's done that. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been fairly consistent um, you know, over this, the stretch of this camp. And Equinemia St. Brown also as a slot receiver for a guy his size, I think, has been really uh, showcased his talents as well. So all three of those guys going in this game, it's down to the wire. So I don't know how it's going to shuffle out with the receivers, but – for the first time, really, on my time on the beat, I think it's as wide open as ever with, you know, who could potentially be those number four, five, six, maybe even seven receivers on the roster. Yeah, and another position I'll just mention before we do a little bit more sponsor business, in the same vein in terms of the, the, the depth chart status, is outside linebacker. We have right. Nick Perry, Clay Matthews, and Reggie Gilbert. We know that those are the top three. Who's going to be the number four heading into the Bears game? Will Kyler Fackrell step up and take it? Chris Odom, Kendall Donerson, one of those guys. We don't know how this is how this is going to shake out, but this preseason finale in Kansas City will matter in that respect. Totally, and, and Mike uh, Petton, when he was talking to the media on Tuesday too, very complimentary of Vince Beagle and uh, some of the I'm things sorry, he's I, done. I, yeah, no, I, I know what, you, but yeah. he, what he's done in practice, and he said, you know, there's still some things they're waiting to see in games, but there was a particular blitz technique that he said everybody and the outside linebacker crew has been struggling with, and he perfected it. He did it perfectly. So. We'll see if those things can transfer over now into a game setting. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, another round of sponsor business here. Wes, at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay. So the Packers will get back on the plane somewhere in the middle of the night after Thursday night's game, and then it's roster cut time. It the is. deadline is 3 o'clock Central Time on Saturday, I believe. The roster has to be cut down to 53. As we've talked about, I've always felt as much as I kind of get an idea, maybe you know those last few guys, who's going to make it and who's not, I've learned enough over the years that there's so much that goes into these decisions that they can be very difficult to predict. But let's just, in a very general sense, give the fans uh, some idea of what these different factors are, these different discussions that go on behind the scenes, because one of them is when you're trying to look at your 53 plus your 10-man practice mm -hmm. squad, 
it's trying to figure out, well, if we cut this guy because we want him on the practice squad, is is there enough preseason film out there that maybe another team is going to claim him that they're going to want him because they have a need at that position? I mean, you know, there there are room the personnel rooms, there are boards with all these teams and their depth charts, and they're studying all this stuff to figure it out. It's not a simple process. It's not at all, and. Uh, have I mentioned in the last five minutes how much I like listening to Mike Pettin talk? I mean, uh, <laughs> he, I thought, was exemplary on Tuesday because he was asked about building a roster and, and what you need at outside linebacker, what you need at safety or defensive back in today's NFL. And he used his experience as a head coach with Cleveland in that, you know, as a def- defensive-minded coach, he was always somewhat selfish in terms of, well, I want this player and that player and this guy without thinking the big picture, without thinking, okay, who does Ron Zook need, for example, on special teams right. now? How does a guy's skill set not only apply to being a backup, maybe outside boundary cornerback, but also as a gunner or as a jammer on, on a punt unit or on the kickoff coverage? Those are all factors you have to consider during mm-hmm. this thing. And I, I, it is the least enviable position, I think, for a coach to be in because, or even you know Brian Gutekunst, because... You have a lot of guys. You spend four or five months getting to know these guys, getting to know their tendencies and, and to find guys you really like. And sometimes it just works out that one or two of them are going to go play elsewhere. And, and as much as that hurts, as I wrote on Insider Inbox last week, I think you want to see that too because as Mike McCarthy alluded to this week, you don't want those decisions to be easy. Right. You don't want it to be that it's just, okay, well, we got 53 and, well, nobody else wants the other 10. They'll come back on our practice squad. You want to be in a position that these guys have made it competitive, and I think in a lot of these positions, Mike, receiver, tight end, outside backer, defensive back, cornerback, they're going to have some really tough calls to make. Yeah, and Brian Gutekunst said the other day he believes that there are more than 53 viable NFL players in this training camp for the Packers. I think the Packers fully expect, or at least least would not be shocked, if a couple of the guys that they cut get claimed by – other teams. Now the flip side of that, with the Packers being seven and nine a year ago, they are a little higher in the claim order, the waiver claim order. If the Packers see somebody else out there that they think would be an upgrade over what they have in house, so to speak. The Packers normally, when you're a playoff team, you know, you're you're in the waiver claim order down there at 26, 28, or 30 if you make it to the conference championship game, as the Packers have done a couple of times. This year they're 14th. And uh, so that changes the equation as well in terms of, well, who's going to be available? We're going to have a shot at some of those players before these other teams that made the playoffs last year. So that's another, um, you know, variable that that gets thrown into these discussions that they're going to have leading up to three o'clock on Saturday. And it's the NFL's version of the Rule 5 draft is the way I've always looked at it. Uh, I have to use a Major League Baseball analogy there in that, yeah, you can claim a guy and... But if you're claiming a guy, that means he was underneath four years in the NFL, and he's going to have to learn a new defense in addition to being a young player. It's sometimes difficult to do that. But there are gems out there. I think of you know Jared Bush back in 2006. I think John Kuhn John was Kuhn another was a, one yeah. of them. It Charlie does, Pepper was a, yes. was a waiver claim, ended up being a starting safety on a Super Bowl team. So you so. never know which way that, that wind is going to blow, but no matter what happens, uh, you know I, I think Brian Gutekunst going through this process now is the first time being the guy doing the final check marks on all these papers. Uh, it's it's going to be very uh, interesting, and I'm sure going to be a tough few days for the Packers trying to make those decisions. Yeah, and just to clarify for the fans as well, you claim a player on waivers, you are putting him on your 53. Absolutely. That's part of the rules. You don't get yeah. to claim somebody that 
that another team has cut and then put them on the practice squad. That player has to clear waivers the 24, well, it's not really 24 hours, I guess, in this particular instance. It's less than that. But the waiver period, the player has to clear waivers and not be claimed by anybody, uh, including the players you cut yourself before you can start building that 10-player practice squad. So that's part of the process that will happen into Saturday evening and into Sunday as the practice squad contracts are signed. But um, one roster decision that in essence, has already been made, Wes, um, at the quarterback position, is uh, the Packers traded Brett Hundley to the Seattle Seahawks. So Deshaun Kaiser is the number two quarterback on this team. I guess from a roster perspective, now the question is, does Tim Boyle make the roster as a number three quarterback, or will the Packers release him and perhaps hope he clear, that he clears waivers and they can sign him to the practice squad? We'll see what happens there. We'll see how Boyle plays in Kansas City. Um, but a move here, not necessarily a, a surprising move. You, never, you just never know the timing of when exactly these things are going to happen, but it's a sign the Packers feel comfortable where they are with Deshaun Kaiser and the progress that he's made that he can be their number two quarterback for 2018. Yeah, and I mean, the thing you got to remember with Kaiser is one, he's 22 years old, um, certainly has the pedigree, I think, going back to those comments that Mike McCarthy and Brian Gutekunst made during the offseason program that if he would have came out in this year's draft, he would have been right in the conversation with those other. Uh, five quarterbacks that were all taken in the top 10. They feel that highly about his talent and his ability. And I think he's flashed that. I think you've seen him make some of those throws you want to see out of a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, and you can't coach his size. I think he has really good speed and athleticism for the position, and he has really good arm strength. That's a great building block uh, in terms of developing a young quarterback. And I think it's going to be important, too, as I wrote an insider inbox here uh, for this upcoming uh, edition, this gives them now an opportunity for Kaiser to get some playing time in this game against Kansas City, get one more shot at it, because you're hoping <laughs> with everything works out, Aaron Rodgers will take every single snap the rest of the season. Yeah. But also to get Tim Boyle some reps in this game, because he didn't get in there against the Raiders. So I, I think there's a pretty good chance he'll be able to get some work against Kansas City and, and show one you know one more time what he has to offer, because I think in in his own way, I, I think he's impressed coming out of uh, you know Eastern Kentucky and showing his own arm strength, good size, good feel for the pocket, good moxie, and uh, seeing if he can pick up where he left off in those two first preseason games. Yeah, all right. Well, with that, on our next show, we'll be talking about these roster decisions and exactly how everything uh, fell into place. But for now, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and the preseason finale in Kansas City on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>